0: The Flat Chat Podcast is sponsored by Trojan. You're listening to the Flat Chat Podcast with Matt, Chris and Jesse. Take it away, boys.
1: G'day everyone and welcome to the very first Flat Chat Podcast. Over the 2018 Supercast season, we're going to be following the progress of your favourite drivers and teams in the Australian Supercars Championship. Along the way, we'll be giving our views, insight, just maybe that little bit of bias. Firstly, a little bit about your hosts. I'm Matthew Norris, -Norris, and I'll be your host for this motorsport podcast. A little background about me. I've been following motorsport religiously since 2006. I'm an avid Nissan supporter. Don't turn off just yet. I can be impartial. In fact, with their current results, I kind of need to be. One of my other passions <laughs> includes driving virtual racing cars on the iRacing online sim service. That is where I was able to meet my co-host for this series, Chris Kessie and JC Richards. From the blue camp, Chris Kessie is a Tickford Racing supporter. Yeah. And from the red side of the fence, JC Richards, who accidentally watched a V8 race one time and is here to share his views with us. Uh, welcome, Chris.
0: Hey, mate. Uh, really good to be joining you on the Flat Chat podcast. I'm um, looking forward to this uh, to, the, to the remainder of the season. Obviously, we've only gone through the first couple of rounds, um, but I'm really excited to hear everyone's predictions and um, see everyone's views, talk some hot topics, and uh, ultimately talk about some racing.
1: It's great to have you aboard, Chris. Uh, welcome, Josie.
0: Hey, Nori.
2: Hey, Chris. Thanks for having me. First off, it's a pleasure to be here. Like you said, I'm definitely a newbie to V8 Supercars. I used to watch it back when uh was racing you know in the in the late 90s that era but i definitely am new to it these days but i really want to learn um we're going to be asking some pretty stupid questions i would assume but hey that's that's fine as long as i get to learn a few things and your listeners out there on the um podcast and get some some insights too so happy to be aboard. Thanks guys.
1: It's great to have you aboard JC. Everyone needs to start somewhere and and hopefully we can take some of our listeners with us and, and learn this great sport that we all love that is a motorsport. Um, firstly let's get kick off with the first couple of rounds that have happened already. We had the Adelaide 500 and the Australian Grand Prix down in Melbourne. Uh, from the first five Uh six different races. We've had five winners and five of those wins have gone to the New Z B and one to the FGX. So opening up to you boys, what is wrong with uh what is wrong with the Fords this year? (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I knew you'd sort of direct that one at me. Um, I think the ZB has been, it's been good for the sport um, and that's created a level playing field for the for all the Holden teams out there. And that's evident with um, people like Pye and Reynolds getting getting wins last, uh, last week, um, which is awesome to see. It builds um, some mix into there. Um, it's good to just see, uh, good to see more than just three teams or two teams running away with the series. Um, and I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing what the ZB can do this year. I mean, it's we've we've seen some pretty good results already.
2: Hey, Kessie, how many uh, races has
0: Ford won this year? Um, a total of one. Uh, Scotty Mack won <laughs> <laughs> the first first race last week. So uh, no doubt um, that that team
2: that so Dick Johnson Racing Team Penske is that right? Yes. Yeah, mate. Okay, they seem to be um, obviously flying away with last year's championship. I did watch the last race last year in Newcastle, and that was one of the most exciting races, car races I've ever seen in any sport. That was just amazing. And also, you know, the the race that just happened, um, there's so much excitement in V8 supercars. But uh, I noticed that Scott McDonald and that team really... Seemed...
0: Scott, Scott McDonald. What is Scott McLaughlin. Scotty McLaughlin. But, yeah, Scotty McLaughlin.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, that shows where I'm at. <laughs> but... um. That team, even though I know they didn't win the championship last year, that team does seem to be the one that's carrying most momentum into this season. It's interesting that they haven't won
0: more. Well, I I think they may struggle at Clipsal a little bit um, in that, uh, I mean, SVG is a specialist at Clipsal, and he proved that again, um, taking out both races at Clipsal, but... um, I mean, I, I fully expect Shell V Power to come back firing throughout the rest of the season. Um, they had a couple of unlucky, unlucky uh, results in the Enduros, of course, last year as well. Um, especially at Bathurst, where you know Scotty did such a good job having the uh, putting down the lap of the Jandel. Um, but then they had um, troubles throughout the race. Um, look, I expect to see them firing throughout the rest of the season. Anyway, I think it's been a good mix so far.
1: I think you've both hit the nail on the head there. DJR Team Penske obviously have, have had to had the momentum to, to come into this season. But the new ZB package that all the Commodore teams are running, just whether it seems to be better on par with the other cars out there or whether they're just putting their better foot forward, um, DJR Team Penske needs a lift and one race win to the, uh, to the other, uh, six races we've had. Uh, they need
2: to lift. This is quite rare to have a car that come in straight away in a season on its opening round to ever drive on a track in a race and, and win both those races at Adelaide. That's not something that usually happens. I mean, when you've got a Falcon that's been running really dominant last year, to bring a new, completely different body shape, does that mean that underneath that car, it indicates that they're actually the same um, car underneath that shell? Or a, is it actually a new car altogether? So the
1: actual, the exterior, the wind lick surface, if you will, what the what the wind touches, that's the different panels. Every other chassis in supercars is the same. So the last time I saw a brand new car win on debut was uh, two thousand nine, also in the hands of Triple Eight with the FG Falcon. So it, it's probably a Triple Eight sort of thing that they can put a race car on the track, a brand new one, and win
0: straight away. Uh, Look, I think it's no doubt they invest a fair bit of money into that. They definitely spend a lot of time at it. I got to give I give uh, give a hats off to to Triple Eight. They've provided all these to um, all the other Holden teams as well um, as the sole provider of the um, of the ZB. Uh, they've done a, they've done an absolute cracking job. Um, and yeah, it gives it gives a lot of um, I suppose uh, experimentation over the next few few races. I reckon there's going to be some tracks where they may struggle um but i mean the reality is they've obviously put a lot of effort into it and they've, they've used they've had enough data to to go out there and and give the, put their best foot forward straight away um and that's evident in the results
1: yeah it, it's obviously triple eight have got that that level they need to be at that level to keep performing and to, to deliver half the field with
0: brand new cars for this year we also can't take away the driver skill i mean they've got three of the best um, in, in a very, very long time. Wing cup arguably the best ever. Leon's one of the best ever. And SVG, um, he'll be right up there at the end of his career as well um, as one of the best drivers around. SVG, I reckon the Clipsal result was just based on he, he He's just super good at Clipsal.
1: Yeah, I think um, Van Gis has become the Clipsal master. So let's move on to the Grand Prix, where I'm going to give a massive hats off to Scott Pike here. That has to be the best race I've ever seen in a, a long time.
0: Oh, definitely the best race I've seen on that track. Um, I enjoyed it. I was cheering at the end of the race. Um, very, very rarely will you see me, especially a team that used to be HRT, um, uh, you'll, you'll very rarely see me uh, cheer someone who's who's holding off. I mean, he was holding off Wink Up, which, uh, you know, I'm obviously – uh, anti-wing cup in that I'm a pretty big support supporter, but it was great to see Scotty Pye finally get his first win in V8 Supercars. I love that
2: too, guys. Um, you know, I haven't seen too many of these races with the Supercars, but to see that in front of the F1 crowd with the team that was bought into by the guy that's running the McLaren Formula 1 team, I know that guy because I'm a big fan of Formula 1, have been for years, and I know that guy because he's just bought McLaren and he's bought into it and he's running operations there. And then he's just put money into the uh, Walkinshaw Racing and they go out and win. That, that's phenomenal. It, that's just aside from how good the actual racing was and the driving, like in the wet, in the dark, you know, like I was looking out, in I'm in Sydney, and I could see out my window, and it was dark here, and I know there's not much of a time difference between here and Melbourne. On the TV, you don't really get to see exactly how dark it is, because they can, you know, make it look a bit lighter, so you can see. But I reckon that on that track, it would have been nearly, you know, in you wouldn't be able to see, it, basically.
0: I'm not sure if you heard uh, Garth Tander's interview after the race, but he was pretty... Um... I say pissed off. <laughs> to be honest, he did. He wasn't a fan of racing in those conditions at all. He was saying it was you couldn't see anything. Um, they were driving on slick tyres. Like I mean, that's just crazy. There was a fair bit of
1: conjecture that it was on the limit to being safe racing conditions. Which honestly, I mean, you guys, they those guys get paid mega bucks to drive race cars. If if it's not safe, then. Well, then obviously we can't race, but sometimes you got to put the spectacle first, and that, that spectacle of that race was just amazing.
2: Well, it's interesting because it's the, you know, the lead-up series or race to the Formula One race that kicks off the season for Formula One, which is an international sport. I think it is the most expensive sport in the world as far as how much money gets in by the teams and everything and the television views, and they're sitting there. At nighttime, basically, watching these guys from Aussie drive these cars around in conditions that they would never be allowed to drive in. Even though they're paid $40 million a year or whatever it is, they're not allowed to do that because they're too, you know, it's a bit too precious. But here we are giving a spectacle from Australia that really, I hope that everyone gets to see what happened on the weekend because the world needs to see that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I'd say um, the other big takeout from that was um, once again a solid performance from Erebus. Davey Reynolds uh, doing a great job, <laughs> holding on to the lead there and getting another race win. Uh, what do you guys think about Erebus this year? Are they are they a team contender? I,
1: I've, I'll do more about that in my uh, my series overview. But honestly, I reckon we're seeing the underdogs start fighting here. And I'm so happy that it's Erebus. I I initially bought an Erebus cap when they were driving Mercedes, and I'm I'm happy that that this team has risen to where they are now. Two young guns in David Reynolds and Anton De Pasquale. They're they're um they're they're a force to be reckoned with this year.
0: I just like seeing the shoeys, to be honest.
1: <laughs> so speaking of the young gun in Erebus. How about we jump over and discuss the rookies that have jumped in the main game this year? Um, how do you reckon they've gone over the previous two rounds at Adelaide and the Grand Prix? For GRM, we've got James Golding, Erebus, Anton Pasquale. Techno is Jack LeBrock. Uh, Matt Stone Racing has jumped from the Super 2 Series into the main game with Todd Hazelwood. And uh, Tickford Racing's got uh, Richie Sannaway. So how do you boys think they're going to go?
0: Oh, look, they've most of them have got pretty big careers. I'd say that, I mean, looking at them now, they they all look like they've got big careers ahead of them. Race wins in the future. I think there's a couple of standouts. Steve Pascali for Erebus has done a great job mid-pack most races. But yeah, I mean, you heard how confident he was after the first round when he was in fifteenth, equal 15th position with Jamie Winkup, and he was pretty stoked with that. Richie Stanaway, I mean, he has been... Damn unlucky, uh, unlucky at, at his fault in some cases, and some cases he had some car issues, but he's been done with, I mean, like six speeding and pit lane <laughs> uh, infringements, which has is, which is really cost him. Hazelwood, LeBrock and Golding, I mean, they've got a bit of, bit of work to do when it comes to... Um, uh, battling uh, in the middle middle of the pack, I think there's been penalties handed out to each of them in in one of the races at least. But yeah, look, the, there's definitely a strong future ahead. My my personal opinion, I think that Richie Stanaway eventually will jump out as the standout of those five, um, especially if there's a wet race and uh, and he doesn't get a uh, poor decision to come in for wet tyres like uh, like what happened to him. Uh, <laughs> on the weekend. That was dreadful. It was, and it it really hurt it, which uh, hurt me a little bit too. (laughs) JC, your
2: thoughts? I I completely agree on the front of Richie Stanaway. It's uh, something I do know a bit about because I watched him in the Formula 2, which back when he was racing two years ago was called GP2, which is the feeder series, uh, one of the prime feeder series to Formula 1. And Richie Stanaway was a standout in that series. He's up against drivers who have already made it into Formula 1 this year, uh, such as Charles Leclerc and uh, a few others that have driven in Formula 1 last year and, t- and this year. And he was good enough to win, I think it was two races. He won the Monaco Sprint Race in GP2, which is like it's you can't underestimate how good that is. And to go in a supercar, I was really interested to see an interview with him where he said that his whole journey over there was actually he rather would have ended up in australia and new zealand in the supercar which is crazy because you think that everyone wants to go to the high life of uh formula one but i think he's exactly where he wants to be which is pretty amazing to having that, that european experience and i'm a big fan of his plus with the guy um, golding that's one of the races i did watch last year and i saw him plow Straight into the wall <laughs> at one of the races I saw. So good on him for jumping back on the horse because they're pretty young. So have a massive shot like that's pretty pretty good to get over it straight away.
0: Yeah, funny you say that. Hazelwood had a fairly similar incident and fairly similar place. Um, and half an hour later, jumped out and jumped into a super two race. So hats off to him as well. <laughs> they're not scared, are they? <laughs> nah, no. Nah, that these guys are ridiculous.
1: No, I, I will. I will. Um further your remarks about Richie Stanaway, though, I mean, uh, some of his races I've seen him perform in the wet have just been amazing, and he's definitely a star when he gets that car set up just right. Uh, My standout, however, has been Anton Di Pasquale. He's settled into that Erebus outfit well and led the rookies out of Adelaide and uh, actually got a top 10 start at the Grand Prix, so... Um, I've definitely got tickets on, uh, Anton Deepersqually doing well this year. Um, but next of all, let's get on to the manufacturers. Um, at the end of 2018, Nissan's contract comes up. Do you th- boys reckon we're going to see? Because the rules open up next year for the, uh, the twin turbo, uh, V6s.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, Are we going
1: to see another manufacturer announced? I did read through the week that uh, Penske himself has suggested they're just panels. He may go to Holden.
0: Oh, man, Look, I, I saw that as well, and I definitely, definitely don't want to see that happen. I don't think any
1: DJR supporter
0: <laughs> wants to see that happen. Yeah, I think you're right there. Um, I think that that was more of a – it was almost a threat. <laughs> He's a pretty headstrong sort of guy, but, I mean – He'll know what's best for his team, and he'll do what's best for his team. I think he's more likely to go to an, to an external party, uh, than than bringing in Holden's. So I think with Nissan, look, they might renew for a year, but I I I think that eventually they'll be running Commodores. The Kelly brothers run Commodores throughout their career, and you know, it wouldn't surprise me at all if they cut a deal with Roland and Dane and yeah, take take them over to Holden.
1: As a Nissan supporter, it pains me to say, but. I don't see them continuing. And for their presence here in Australia with their, their current market on the road car side of the business, um, that's poor. And and I'm not saying motorsport's the answer, but you need a presence somewhere. And if it's not on the road, then you may as well have your cars out on the racetrack in a competitive
0: sense. Yeah, well, they're not going to run Pulsars, mate. Well, it's on that point, why are they running
2: this car? Is this the only viable car? I mean, the, the Ultima... I've heard of it. I know the car. I know what it looks like. But it's not like you see them around like Commodores or Falcons.
1: And and that's what I think the, the problem is, is that a Commodore and a Falcon could be bought as a close to the possible race car variant. People liked that about them. That they, was, they weren't quite a production car, but they were similar. The Altima came out in the front-wheel drive. V6 was the top trim, and it's a CVT. That is nothing like the Altima supercar. And it's so far... It's so far it's not even related really. It it just seems that they got their brand image really wrong. And if Nissan's gonna re-sign, they really need to bring the brand image back.
2: Well that's what I see too. Cause if you ask any uh ten year old kid, you name five cars that are just really fast, really exciting, a GTR is gonna be in there. I know it's a two-door car, but surely you wanna try and represent the brand Nissan with something other than a you know, just a standard kind of family front-wheel drive car. I've never really understood well, that.
0: That is possible under the new rules.
1: Yeah, the coupes are allowed in. Coupes are allowed in from next next year's twenty nineteen. Yep. Yeah,
0: that's how. Um, that's how. Like Ford's been doing the testing with the Mustang. Um, that's sort Tickford, of Tickford's
1: got the. Tickford's got the Mustang project sort of underway without manufacturer support, so they're going alone on that one. Because Ford has clearly exited and wants nothing to do with it.
2: What does that mean? Nissan could stay in with another car. I mean, is it just a case of potentially being unpopular?
1: To be honest, I think if Nissan pulls support, the uh, the Kelly Racing team will keep going with the Nissan. However, they probably will be in a Holden.
0: Yeah, and uh, the Nissan package is too uncompetitive. Let's not forget that the uh, Sting has been mentioned fifty-five thousand times over the last couple of years as a rumour to come in and. Um, I don't know. I reckon they look all right, uh, but they're going to be. It's going to take the same shape as what you were saying just before, J.C. That the cars are completely different uh, to the race trim uh, that they're going to be running. Well, is
2: this going to lose
0: the kind of heart and soul
2: of V8 supercars? You know, if, if they're a four door Australian, you know, a bit of an Australian icon. You know, obviously the manufacturing is all skewed now, but the Falcon, Commodore, Aussie born and bred. You start moving in the Mustangs. You got Nissan. You got the Mercedes and everything. What do you guys feel? You know, I used to watch this back. You know, when in the '90s, et cetera, And I know supercars and what it feels like. And it's an Aussie thing. You know, Bathurst. Is it different now in 2018? And looking forward to the future with the different cars coming in. Cetera, and these owners too from America. Uh, you know, Haas, Andretti, Pensky. I mean, is it is it different than how it used to feel? Maybe ten, twenty years ago.
0: Yes. Um, even in the 10 years I've been going to Bathurst, the feel um, around uh, the manufacturers have changed and the cars in themselves, the, the fact that they've gone all modern. Um, when they went from H-pattern, that was it. Like, that was, that was pretty much the beginning of the end of the traditional, uh, the tradition that we've had for so many years. Um, and that's the other things they're probably going to go, you know, They'll be using paddles soon.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think that has had to do with the actual decline of what people are buying on the road. Yeah. People aren't buying Holdens and Ford, sorry, Holden Commodores and Ford Falcons. They're buying Kia Sonatas, uh, Honda Civics.
0: Camrys, Camrys.
1: Exactly. They're buying cars which aren't being raced on the circuit. And when you've got manufacturers such as Toyota that want absolutely nothing to do with the sport... But they've got the best brand presence on the actual road. Supercars is fighting a battle to to get these manufacturers interested, and I think they need to change the category to keep it relevant with what is with, what is people see on the road.
2: Well, relevancy seems to be a really uh, underlying word because, moving forward, <clears throat> obviously this the brand of supercar is wanting to grow, expand, um, international owners are starting to come in and have a look at supercars and buy into it. They're going to want to make it, you know, expand, maybe overseas. They try taking the race, I know, to Abu Dhabi. And um, is, there, is this the only way to do it? Because if you keep with your, you know, V8 supercar Holden Falcon, is that just something that doesn't translate to more markets? It has to open up.
1: You need to keep the cars moving. You need to eat more. Pardon the pun. You need to keep the brand evolving, and if if people see something which they haven't been able to buy in fifteen years, they're not going to be watching. I don't think.
0: Yeah, and I think the the team bosses all agree on that. Um, you've heard the. I think the the only person who's who's really set in stone on what they're going to be driving is is Triple um, is Eight. I mean, they've just brought in this nice new car. Everyone else, I mean, any time over the next five years, there is a possibility that they could go somewhere else.
1: Well, Erebus has already confirmed that they're they're departing the triple eight. They're not going. They're sticking with the ZB, but sticking with the V8. So they've decided that that package works for them. They're they're currently really doing really well. So um, if it works for them, I'd say keep it.
2: Yeah, don't fix what's uh, not broken.
1: You're absolutely right, mate.
2: As a Formula One fan, massive Formula One fan, I've seen the decline of that series drop over the last four years, you know, since they brought in the new engines. Hybrid V6, turbo, you know, real similar parallels to what they're wanting to they do with the V8s. I just personally love the sound of the V8 and the competition. I just hope that doesn't get watered down, you know. I don't know what you guys think, but um, it's pretty much at its Pretty red hot right now, you know, of the races I've seen this year. Like, it's right on the right path. I don't think they need to really change things. So Yeah. uh, See, I
1: I have no issues with the the noise dropping off. Like, that is just where the automotive industry is headed. We're heading to electric cars. We're heading away from big engines. So, I don't care so much about the noise. For me, I know a car is doing 300 kilometres an hour. I don't need to hear that. What I don't get, though, is them trying to sort of compare the teams on a budget. So a team such as uh, 23 Red Racing, which doesn't have the resources behind it like Triple Eight does, they're fighting just to be competitive with those guys. Whereas Triple they're fighting just to find the next 10th.
0: Yeah, that's right. I think well, the competition's very, very good at the moment. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens going forward. Um Right now, I think I think we're hanging on to a really good competition. Um, I'm totally infatuated by the by the V8 season. I get really really excited when I know that it's a V8 week, and um, you know, um, I'm always I'm waiting for that uh, that last hour to clock off um, so I can get home and watch the race, sort of thing. And I think um, I think that as long as we keep that and the, the true motorsports fans keep supporting what's going on, I think they'll do the right thing.
1: Absolutely. But speaking of the next race, we do have some, we've got Tasmania coming up and uh, because of the short nature of the Tasmanian circuit and also um, being rolled out at Barber Gallo this year, um, they've got a few qualifying tweaks coming up. So um, for the Saturday, the top 10 combined Friday practice times will go straight to qualifying two. Um, on Sunday morning, there's going to be a 20-minute practice session. Um, taking place on Sunday morning, um, that'll determine the top ten. In that, goes straight to Q two, um, and then the the a ten minute qualifying one session with the bottom sixteen cars from practice, and the top six of those advance to qualifying two, and then the top ten will go into qualifying three. So if I've confused everyone enough. How do you reckon that's going to... Uh...
0: Mate, this is definitely a JC um, thing. And the reason why I say that is because this is as confusing as F1. Oh,
2: wow. I just heard my name. I really wish I had to listen to what Nori was saying. <laughs> 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 I thought I had to just run off and grab my um, Abacus and my uh, notepad just then. But um, it sounds like they're trying to... Uh, Spice things up, make it a bit more interesting than what people are used to. Would that be the case?
0: I think. I think the key is it's a it's a two point four k circuit, and every year they go there and they have they have troubles getting clear air to actually run a lap. So they're trying to minimise the you number know, of people in the in the qualifying sessions by uh, making all these confusing Q one, Q two, Q three sessions.
2: <laughs> Does that mean that this might be a circuit where your fastest guy? Like, so it sounds like it's somewhere that's hard to pass on. Um, I know there's a few guys who are just going to pass anyway, but does this make for a boring race or does it make for an exciting race because it's so close and you see some real door-to-door stuff?
1: I think it puts more pressure on the teams because they're putting practice sessions, the combined Friday practice sessions, uh, They, the top 10 of those go straight into qualifying too. So it puts more pressure on the teams so not only to learn the circuit, come up with a really good setup, but if you do come up with a really good setup, then you're straight into qualifying too. So you've really got to nail the car in the first qualifying
0: sessions and be up there and competitive. Yeah, and um, like you saw that last last year, there were so many penalties handled out for infrin- uh, uh, infringing on someone's lap, um, and it was almost sort of some fifty-fifty calls. Where um, I know I remember SVG came off on a qualifying lap, and he was on he had purple sectors. Um, because there was, a, there was about three or four cars at one of the corners and um, he came flying off um, and qualified further back in the field due to that. Um, and that's pretty much from memory what, what led to him not starting up the front and, and Shell V-Power running away with the race when it happened.
1: Yeah, and I think that the main thing is that they you, you need to really calculate when you're going to go and, and do that lap. Um, if in those... Compressed sessions with less cars in them. Are you still going to get coming with a chance of getting balked?
0: Potentially. <laughs> I, I mean, you see it on any track. Like I've seen, I've seen Bathurst. Bathurst is six over six corners long, and I've seen people get balked on Bathurst. So, look, it'll be interesting. I think it might spice things up a little bit. And um, you know, I'm, I'm going to leave it to the um, the host of the Supercars broadcast to sort of explain the rules again, because I mean. <laughs> It's going to be a long. I've confused myself with this. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah, look, it's it's going to be it's going to be a hot topic on the day because it is new. Um, But yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it turns out.
1: Yeah, well, it's definitely going to make qualifying a spectacle in its own right, and it'll be interesting to see how it unpacks when they do roll them out at the Tasmania and Perth rounds. So coming coming up to Tasmania, um, let's get some predictions on the table. First of all, Chris. For the overall year of twenty eighteen, who's going to run, take that championship at the end?
0: Okay, um, look, as a lot of you know, I'm a large uh, Chaz Mostert fan. I like Tickford, but Chazzy's my guy. Um, my heart says Chaz. I think reality, though, will check in. I think Chazzy will come third or fourth. Uh, in reality. Scotty Mack, I reckon he's going to pip Wing Cup, but it'll be very close at the end. Wing Cup's still got the pace after eight, uh, sorry, seven championships already. I think he's still got the legs for an eighth. Um, you know, he's such a skilled driver, um, and he always t- he always gets the car to finish. I mean, you can't say that with the second race at, at Clipsall. that was just unfortunate. But the guy always finishes races. He always gains points. Um, I think Scotty will win the most races, just like he did last year. Um, uh, but it'll be a battle between Scotty and Wink up for the for the year.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
2: Well, JC, do you have any predictions? Well, look, I'm definitely not in no position to predict anything with any uh, authority or. or you backup. saw Newcastle.
0: Oh. <laughs> yeah, Dee Silvestro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. She'll win the whole thing. I think she'll win every race from here on in. She might win a Newcastle race
2: and that's virtually it. She, no, I did watch the Newcastle race and she was pretty good. She made a mistake into – she she outbroke herself or got on some of the dirty part of the track into a corner and the car just wouldn't turn. I saw that and that was really unfortunate. Like, that's, that's bad. As
1: far as I recall, that race, um, a young uh, Timmy Slade – um, pushed her a bit wide on one of like those corners.
2: Oh, is that what happened? Okay, yeah. We pushed
1: Very up, up. upset about that as a Trincent supporter. I was upset. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, based on your your awesome knowledge of the v supercars, just from what you've seen, JC, who do you think? Who do you think's got the legs?
2: Well, Cassie, I think the winner is going to be the fans. The fans going
0: to win. <laughs> no, <laughs> wow. i wow! Just kidding. Gonna- <laughs> um, as long as it's at Newcastle, maybe. I think I'm going to go to Newcastle. <laughs> that's going to be the closest one other than the uh, Homebush. Is Homebush this year too? They're going to... No, they axed Homebush. No, I they axed it now, mate. That's, that's what Newcastle replaced.
2: Oh, well, good for that. I don't know you've, you've been around in a supercar at, at Homebush, but I've got to tell you, after trying Homebush on uh, R-Factor, jeez, what a, what a slug around that track. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like that track I, at all. Well. It was funner from in the car. It was a it was a lot better in the car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess when you are kind of semi holding on for dear life that it's it's going to leave an impact. <laughs> um, so yeah, back to prediction. I really can't tell. I don't know, but I will say as a fan, I really like David Reynolds, and because he's already won a race, and that team is the up and comer. It seems to to me. It seems like they're yeah, up-and-comer. absolutely. Um, yeah, a dark horse. I guess. He's won Bathurst. He won a race this year. Why not go for the whole thing? Just the psychological impact of letting um, Shane Van Gisbergen through at, at Clipsal, and how he came back to combat that with the win and keeping basically held off uh, Wing Cup for the lead into turn one at Melbourne. Um, you know, it might seem like a little thing just getting off a start and making it into turn one, but, you know, psychologically from a racing point of view. a massive message. Oh. It's a message to everyone else, and it's just a message to himself too. So, I'm a big fan of him for just being really good in the car, and also overcoming that within the space of a week or or two. So, yeah,
0: let's go, David Reynolds. Well, well, let me tell you, if David Reynolds is, uh, wins this year, you your first comment was correct. The fans will win because everyone loves David Reynolds.
1: Absolutely, and I'm gonna I'm gonna back you up here, you, JC. You you may be very new to this to the series, but I'm. I'm gonna back it up. He is an up and comer. He's in the right team at the right time. They've got the right car underneath them. Um I think the three honest contenders for this year will be Scott McLaughlin, Chaz Mostert, and David Reynolds. David's in the right team at the right time. Uh Tickford just needs to get Chaz's car right, and he's definitely up there. He's already up there in terms of the points after the first couple of couple of races. And and Scott McLaughlin, he's got to come back. He's got to set his authority straight, and he's got to tell Wink up, I'm I'm the next champion. So I think it'll be a, a run for those three. Um, if if Davy wins, then yeah, the fans win with that one because no nobody hates no sorry nobody hates seeing David Reynolds win.
0: No, absolutely no one. And uh, look, the other thing I can say based on everyone's predictions just then is that I've noticed that no one's mentioned SVG. Um, SVG is struggling a little bit I think it might take him a while to get into the groove this season um, obviously that never want to see that um, uh, however, I, I think he'll be maybe fifth or sixth or something like that by the end of the season. But uh, look, he's he's our championship leader, so it's funny that we're saying that right now. But he's really not been happy the last few weeks. Um, he's still got a really good crack at it. I mean, if they can fix his car, he's also he's also a contender as well. Uh, but really, I think if it's Triple Eight car that's going to win, it's going to be Jamie.
1: Absolutely, agree there, mate. So furthering focusing on on the spectacle at hand, um, Tasmania. Who do you think is going to walk away with that one?
0: Oh, look, the last couple of years, um, race one, Triple Eight took out first, second and third um, with um, up uh, SVG and Lowndes. And then the second race was Shell V-Power um, blocked out the front two with Scotty McLaughlin and Fabian. This year, it might be a bit of a mix up. I would love to see Chazzy get up there. I know that it's going to happen sometime this series, that he's going to put his stamp on the series. Um, uh, Chazzy, Scotty, Winkup, um, all the same names for me. I'd love to see Davey up there too. Um, David Reynolds, he's um, obviously in really good form, as we were just saying as well. JC, what do you feel is going to happen this week?
2: Well, it's, it's a small circuit. Obviously, whoever qualifies really, really well is going to have the best chance. I can't really see that anyone from the mid pack to the back is going to have a shot at it, unless there's some really crazy pit strategies going on. Um, so whoever qualifies fast, whoever's got the faster car, you know, let's go, let's go something new, Reynolds say. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, well, for my pred- predictions for the Tasmania round, I think you've both hit the nail on the head with Jamie Wincup. Um, also Scotty McLaughlin for DJR Team Penske, he's going to do well. Uh, Scott Pye and James Courtney, it would be interesting to see how they go, that Walkinshaw and United is now a, a team that's actually got some points on the board and actually proven they can they can deliver this time around um, and obviously Erebus Motorsport with David Reynolds so uh, keep your eyes peeled out for those, those ones this weekend.
0: Uh, 100% agree with JC uh, Short Circuit uh, qualify well, uh, you will win or be on the podium. And who's our best qualifier? It's Scotty. Don't forget,
1: Jamie will be there.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, but um, you know, I'll, I'm putting my face in the in the blue oval.
1: Fair enough, there, Chris. Well, thanks for uh, thanks for your time tonight, boys. Um, it's been great. But uh, I think we've covered everything off.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think we have. Um, I'm really looking forward to this weekend and um hopefully we can see some tight battles like we did like we did last week I want to see more winners to be honest it'd be great to see I know we've just named a whole bunch of people who can who, who've uh, like what was it five five different drivers at the last six uh races I'd love to see multiple winners I, I, I wouldn't mind seeing one of the mid-pack getting up there but um I think it's going to be a tough stretch um but either way yeah I've, I've enjoyed it on the first flat chat podcast and um JC thanks for joining us thanks chris thanks nori congratulations nori on
2: on the podcast I think uh i I learn a lot from this so yeah, listeners hopefully would uh, enjoy it so yeah thanks for having me it's been a real pleasure to be here
1: uh, it's great to have you guys here It's great to have a sounding board where I can actually uh, deliver my message of what I know um, which I'm always learning this this motorsport thing never never leaves you uh, guessing for a second so it's great to great to be able to talk it through and and get the soundboard effect that you guys give so it's great to have that feedback unfortunately we're out of fuel we're out of time and uh, we'll see you all next time bye for now
0: thanks for listening to the flat chat podcast with matt chris and JC. like us on facebook and join the conversation at facebook.com forward slash flat chat podcast until next time toodaloo